Welcome to the podcast of Tech.eu, Europe's premier technology industry information portal and market intelligence platform. This is our first interview special, a new episode format in which we offer you a few pre-recorded conversations with some of the most interesting people of the European startup ecosystem. I'm your host, Andrew Degler, a tech journalist based in Amsterdam. You have probably noticed that uh, our team had to take a sick leave earlier first, and now it's a travel leave uh, for uh, myself. Uh, but now we are actually working in the background uh, on uh, uh, something really special for the next episode for you. So next week, we're going to release our episode number 100. Stay tuned. There is definitely going to be something you want to hear. In the meantime, let us see what we can expect from today's interview special. You are about to learn what a mother brain is, how corporate VCs work, and what the market is like for a startup that offers hourly bookings in mainstream hotels. First up is By Hours, a startup from Barcelona interviewed by our founding editor Robin Wouters that is applying an interesting approach to hotel bookings. Let's hear it. Hey, this is Robin Walters from uh, Tech.eu. I'm here in Brussels at the EIT Digital Challenge Award Ceremony, uh, where I just saw a pitch of a very interesting company called Buy Hours. Uh, I'm pleased here to be joined by uh, Cyril from the company. So please give us a, a basic idea of what uh, Buy Hours is. Hi, um, nice to meet you first. Uh, basically, Buy Hours is uh, the solution for uh, hotels to monetize the empty rooms uh, being during the day or uh, during the night. That's from the hotel's uh, point of view. From the customer point of view, it now brings flexibility. You can choose a hotel on your term, meaning that you can choose the checking time, the number of hours you want to stay in the room, and then you would pay the price according to the number of hours you stayed. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, I mean, I can imagine for business travelers, uh, exactly. that's a, a huge relief. Uh, are they also your biggest customers? The uh, biggest part of the customer we have is uh, first business travelers, then travelers more generally speaking, like for stopovers, for for instance. Uh, and then because we, we, we're just trying to change the way you can enjoy your hotel, uh, hotel room first and then the hotel in itself. Uh, we also have like leisure, lifestyle, and a lot of other cases of use because what we're trying to do really is just to change the way uh, you will use uh, the, the, the premises of the, of the hotel because you can access the room, but you can also access all the services like the swimming pool and the spa, uh, the gym. Um, so it's it's the perfect solution if you want to have a nap, if you want to run a rest, if you want to walk in a quiet environment. and But also if you want to have an experience, you might not, with by hours, now you can afford a five-star hotel, uh, the best swimming pool in the city or the best terrace in the city with a, a good price. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense yeah. to me, at least as a frequent traveler. Um, but obviously, because you operate sort of a two-sided marketplace, you have yeah. to balance supply and demand. Uh, I'm wondering, what's your inventory of hotels now, and how do you think it will evolve in the future? So today we work uh, with 3,000 hotels in 25 countries and 600 destinations. We've uh, convinced the uh, most of the main uh, hotel chains in the uh, uh, in the industry, like 
uh, IAT uh, Group, Sheraton, NH Hotel, uh, and we keep improving the uh, the inventory, you know, of uh, uh, of hotels and, uh, and assets we want to we want to work with. We're mostly uh, available in Europe, uh, South America, and Middle East. Now uh, we're interested in um, developing the, uh, the the business in Asia, US, consolidate our position in South America, and reach profitability in our main markets in uh, in Europe. Great. I can see why the hotels uh, would love you, uh, but you still need to initiate those conversations. They have probably someone knocking on their doors yeah. every day. But uh, so how, how did you manage to sort of persuade, especially the big chains, to yes. work with you? We, we have two ways of uh, uh, acquiring the, the inventory. First, we have hotels that come directly to us because they just want to monetize the, the, the empty rooms. And obviously, we are uh, trying to develop at a higher level with hotel chains directly. Okay, So we, we normally uh, we have like a big department in uh, hotel acquisition that talks directly with the hotel chains and they explain explaining the business model uh, and normally uh, most of the times there's no there's no there's no issue it's it's a cultural thing we, we the uh, the hotel industry is really traditional fragmented uh, and we, we're trying uh, we, we're working with them uh, basically from from the hotel point of view we are an optimization software what so we are working with them we're not competing we're not telling them don't uh, stop selling your room nights no but whenever you have empty rooms just remind you that Bayawas is here to help you because we're going to bring a new type of customer uh, that wouldn't have booked with you in the first place. Right. Once they've come, they might even book in your hotel the next time because they liked your hotel. Yeah, or just prolong their stay. Exactly. Um, how do you integrate with existing IT systems uh, of the hotels? That's the main challenge we, we're facing today because uh, uh, when we started six years ago, we worked uh, mostly with uh, an extranet, okay? So where the hotel was uploading availability, pricing, everything was decided from the hotel uh, point of view, number of hours you want to accept the, uh, uh, or can accept and do the checking for the for, for our, our customers. Uh, and as of today, um, we are uh, connecting with... Uh, uh, I'm trying to connect with Amadeus, which is the main player in real-time uh, hotel booking processing. And uh, we are really excited about the uh, the potential because that would give us the opportunity to tackle and, and, and penetrate um, business models like uh, B2B and B2B2C. Today, we, we, we've, and we are an established business in uh, B2C. And that's where we've started. That's where we've uh, developed the, uh, the, the demand. But we are getting more and more travel agency, corporate travel management companies that do want to work with us, basically to optimize and improve the traveling experience of their, of their customers. Yeah. Great. Um, so you mentioned uh, six years ago you started. Uh, you're based in Barcelona. Can yep. you give us an idea of uh, the current size in terms of employees, but also revenue, whatever uh, number you want to share? All the um, operations are centralized in Barcelona. We have 48 uh, employees uh, as of today. We want to expand uh, probably next year in the U.S. market. So we're probably going to open uh, like, uh, offices over there, mostly for customer service point of view and the time difference between, the, uh, between uh, Europe and, uh, and the U.S. And then Asia. Uh, and again, probably we'll uh, open uh, offices over there. Great. Wow, Barcelona seems to be an interesting place for those kind of uh, travel uh, tech because, you know, with the uh, travel perk uh, this week announcing exactly. their big race, uh, but also historically like, with the e-dreams and whatnot. Exactly. Uh, very interesting. Um, are you funded? Did you raise any financing? So far in six years, we've raised 8 million euros, which is one of the lowest uh, fundraising in the travel industry, uh, even though we make it in the uh, 100 most promising uh, startup companies for the travel uh, business. We earn the um, uh, awards for in the South Summit like uh, two weeks ago in the uh, travel category. Uh, we 
we've obtained a lot of awards uh, this year because we we found out that's the best way to 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 generate the uh, the demand because that's the uh, the challenge we're facing in terms of the uh, acquiring audience okay because even if we had like a um, a massive budget you know to spend on marketing nobody knows about us yeah. and the best way uh, to 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 raise awareness in the market is uh, competing in 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 tech and IT challenges, whether in the travel industry, in the tech industry, and using mass media as well has been has proven to be like a, the right channel for us and PR as well. Yeah, quite interesting. Um, you mentioned uh, competition during your pitch, but I would love to see sort of sort of who do you compete against because yes. are there similar companies out there in Europe exactly. yes correct uh, and uh, thanks God we have competitors because uh, we, we're creating a new market we're creating a new product and uh, we, we're happy then uh, when we find out that there's new competitors in the market the only difference of um, our main competitors which are based in France uh, in the US and in India is that they've been focusing mostly on a time frame that goes from 11 in the morning to 5 p.m. in the afternoon, which is the easiest way to get room availability from the hotels. Now, from the beginning, Bayer was, was uh, positioned itself in a way that that's, that's a good idea, that's, that's, a, that's a relevant uh, product, but it's not fully flexible. And that's what we wanted to bring as a competitive advantage in the market. We do have clients that um, land from the airport at 2 o'clock in the morning, and we want to offer, the, offer them a solution. So from the beginning, Bayer was positioned itself in order to, to offer full flexibility in terms of check-in, and check out for, for all type of customers. So we, we are a few different players focusing on different timings, time frames within the, within the industry, but we are, so far, we are the only one to provide full um, checking availability 24-7 uh, in the market. Quite interesting. Uh, so you mentioned 8 million in funding. Um, you seemed a little bit frustrated that, uh, that you've only raised so much, uh, which I sort of understand because there's an abundance of capital right now. If yeah. you're growing as fast as you are and you yeah. get all this attention, you win these awards. Um, do you think it will take long before uh, the next financing round? I mean, the good thing is we are uh, getting organic growth as well. Uh, the hotel from the hotel side, they're coming to us to uh, uh, and they connect directly straight away in 15 minutes. It's all done, and and uh, we can uh, put them on the web or on the app. Uh, from the audience, it's a bit more tricky because there's the, the uh, we we do have to enter each market one by one, uh, and that's where uh, we we, we want to raise uh, for the uh, for the um, round of investment because. In the past two years, we've been focusing mostly on the supply. Okay, we two years ago we had only one thousand uh, hotels working with us. Today, two years later, we have three thousand. Well, we multiply that by, by three the uh, the numbers of available hotels. Uh, now we have we really want to work out the audience, the customers, so that uh, uh, we can satisfy the user, the, the, the user, the, the hotels, because obviously once uh, they decide to uh, to work with us, uh, we have to send them clients. Sure. Okay, so we have to yeah. to reach that critical mass uh, per city, per country, uh, in in every market. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's always the tricky thing about two-sided marketplace if you have to Correct. do both supply and demand uh, simultaneously. But uh, but I think once you've cracked the nut, it might be a really big yeah, business. Yeah, exactly. so, uh, best of luck with uh, with the company, Cyril. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Bye bye. 
Hey, 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 welcome back to the podcast of tech.eu, our special episode in which we feature a series of pre-recorded interviews. Next up in today's program is Ichaso del Palacio, a VC who at the time of the conversation worked at M12, that's Microsoft's venture fund, but has since moved to become the investment director at Notion. So let's give the floor back to Robin Wouters, our founding editor, and Ichaso. Uh, I'm Robin Walters. I'm a founding editor of Tech.eu. We're here in Berlin for the Zero 100 conference, uh, which is a conference focused on VC and PE. Mm-hmm. So I'm delighted to uh, be here with Echasso. Echasso, we've known each other for a while, but maybe you can introduce yeah. yourself. Uh, so great. It's uh, great to be here, too. Um, I'm Echasso. I've been uh, for the last uh, year and a half at M12, which is uh, Microsoft's uh, venture fund. Um, and uh, prior to that, I was at uh, Leap Partners, which is a Merchant Bank uh, in London. I was running the fund there, and and before that, I was in early stage investments at a firm called EC One Capital. So basically, I've been on in, in investments for the last six, seven years, based in London, um, and I have uh, a little bit of an entrepreneurial uh, background prior to that, and also academic background. I'm an engineer by background, and I have a PhD. Wow, so, that's, that's um, quite a diverse background. There. So yeah, and uh, even though I've been for a year and a half, at, I'm 12, I'm uh, right now, in fact, um, uh, looking for the next step, and uh, even though I cannot disclose it yet, <laughs> Great. Uh, well, right off the I will bat, still stay in venture, uh, doing investments, and uh, working with the startups, and uh, exciting things are, are definitely coming. That's great. So you, you've done a few things, entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. uh, you've been in traditional VC and then CVC. Yeah. You just walked off stage where you uh, basically had a panel on corporate venture capital. Yeah. Um, what were some of the main conclusions for you? What are some of the things you learned during the yeah. panel? So, um, first of all, I was, um, uh, it was, I was surprised. Uh, it was uh, good to see that three other panelists were very aligned uh, with the way I think CBC should run. Uh, I think Microsoft has uh, done a, an amazing job uh, setting up a very good structure for the CBC, moving very fast, being completely aligned with founders, with other VCs. And it was uh, great to see that we were with Orange, uh, with Urbas, and a couple other um, CBCs, and all of them, in fact, have this mentality. So that is absolutely uh, great to see. And then in terms of the investments that we've been doing, I think uh, we've been moving very quickly and, and investing in the best company. So that was great. Right. Um, you're earning your time at Microsoft, but can you briefly re- reflect on the last uh, year and a half? How's it been? Like, what, You've been focused on mm-hmm. Europe, so how has that been for... To be honest, it has been fantastic. Uh, first of all, because Microsoft is uh, it is in a great position right now. Um, it has a because of Satya, our CEO, uh, who is absolutely fantastic, has changed the mentality of Microsoft in terms of opening to collaboration, and not only with other corporates, but also with the startups. And so they are fully committed uh, to work with with the startups. Uh, leading Europe for M12 or for Microsoft Ventures um, has been uh, very good. I think it has been a little bit of an eye-opening uh, to many of, uh, of the people in the, in the Valley and uh, maybe in Israel too uh, because the deal, the deal flow has been great. We, you and I have been working in the European ecosystem for several years and we know that there are 
incredible opportunities here. We've done fantastic investments and at the moment we have a portfolio of six companies in Europe. And I think um, even though I'm leaving, they are, they are committed to keep growing the portfolio. Can, can you talk about some of the companies you've backed in, in Europe? Because Absolutely. I know Unbubble is, a, is a, I think, the most well-known one. Uh, what yeah. are some of the others? Uh, so, in fact, I, I led personally three investments uh, in three companies that are doing amazingly well. Uh, one of them is called Omfido, uh, that you might know too. It's identity verification based in London, uh, growing incredibly fast. And Bubble, as you said, uh, they do um, machine translation with a human in the loop. Basically, they are uh, building a translation as a service uh, solution, uh, initially focused on customer service, but any communication could be uh, applied to it. And they are based in Portugal, fantastic team um, uh, too. And the third company is, ba is based in London, it's called Beamery. And that one is a CRM for talent. Uh, basically, it is a way for um, companies to track the talent, to communicate with them, to keep them engaged, um, and to be able to, to hire much faster, because nowadays it's very difficult for corporates to do that. And I co-invested on that company with uh, Index Ventures and Equity and uh, fantastic founders too, and uh, three of them growing internationally. Right. Uh, so when we finish this interview, I'm mm -hmm. uh, going on stage to talk about deal sourcing, which I think is a very small yeah. part of the process, but such an important mm -hmm. one. So, so I'm sure. wondering if you can give some input from your side, like how do you, how, do, how does one source deals in, in Europe? What's so, the best way? Yeah, I think, um, I, think I, I always say that uh, the way investors get into deals is by building relationships with founders. And I think, uh, being embedded in the community, being close to founders, uh, it is the most important thing. Um, I think the best uh, way to source deals is uh, probably tapping into myself. I'm looking for uh, deep technologies, B2B technologies. So um, being in the networks of technologists, uh, research centers, uh, PhDs, um, and other founders are probably the best sources of deals. Obviously, the second best source is other investors. Right. They send you deals, they invite you to join them on the deals. Uh, that's probably the, the second one. And then what about in terms of geography? Because everyone talks about like London, mm -hmm. Paris, Berlin, mm -hmm. and they have the Nordics is, mm -hmm. is an obvious one. Do you also look at the Baltics, Eastern Europe, maybe, I don't know, Greece, Italy? In fact, um, I've been incredibly surprised and impressed with the deal flow received uh, from Eastern Europe. Uh, great founders um, and also, in fact, Southern Europe. I'm Spanish and uh, I have an investment right now in Portugal and I'm looking at a couple of things in, in Spain, right? And it is not a coincidence that uh, last month or a month and a half ago, Kleiner Perkins invested uh, 40 million in a company in Madrid. and. Um, that uh, is a good sign and investors in Europe should be taking advantage of all these deals coming from emerging territories which are building fantastic companies and have great talent. Uh, in terms of vertical, you mentioned deep tech. Is there anything uh, that Europe has a specific edge on? Is it AI? Is it VR? Is there something that we're particularly good at in terms of mm -hmm. the future, mm -hmm. future technologies? I would say there are great universities and great research centers like uh, in Germany and uh, 
Belgium, Amsterdam, uh, obviously the UK. Um, and artificial intelligence, uh, even though I know it, there is a hype around it, but there are very good, uh, there is very good talent around um, artificial intelligence. I would say in the area of um, insurance and fintech, um, even though there have been a couple of years um, uh, going on in this space, I think right now because of the regulatory changes and making it much more easy for uh, financial institutions and for insurance companies to use data, um, I think there is a great opportunity in that space too, right? Um, and the second space probably in Europe, I would say industrial. Germany is very strong uh, in the industrial space, manufacturing, and all of those industrial players need to disrupt their processes, automate these processes. And I think there is an incredible opportunity for European startups to lead uh, the change and that, and that space. Great. Um, this is your first Zero 100 conference. It's only morning mm -hmm. time, but uh, what do you hope to get out of this? So a couple of contacts, obviously, uh, other, some VCs. I co-invest always with VCs. Um, my next step is working in venture capital. So obviously some LPs to, uh, for raising money and generally learning about what other CBCs, other VCs are doing in the space. And yeah. Great. Well, I wish you all the best with that today. Thank and you. obviously uh, all the best for the next step as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we are back to our special New Year's edition of the Tech.eu podcast. Our third guest today is Henrik Landgren from EQT Ventures, who is going to talk about a data-driven approach to venture capital and explain what a mother brain is. Let's check it out. Robin Walters for Tech.eu. I'm here in Milan for the Futureland conference at Talent Garden, uh, sitting down with Henrik Landgren from EQT Ventures. Uh, Henrik, can you briefly introduce yourself and the fund? Yeah, so my name is Henrik. Um, I'm part of the investment team at Equity Ventures. Uh, I'm one of the partners there focusing on analytics and data and AI. So tell me more about the fund. So what's the size? Where is it based? How old is it? So Equity Ventures is a quite new fund. We're only two and a half years old. Uh, we're uh, one of the biggest first-time funds ever launched, I think. 566 million euros that we can invest in. Uh, we're right now uh, have invested in 35-ish companies, uh, and we invest from everything from uh, A rounds up to later, uh, from basically 1 million, and, and we can invest uh, lots of money in, into the same company. Geographically speaking, where are you based and where do you invest? Uh, we are think, uh, we're investing in basically everything that is using tech to disrupt any kind of industry. We focus on Europe because uh, our thesis is that we have a team of people like myself who has experience from having worked in service before that we think we can help uh, the companies we invest in. So therefore, we focus on Europe, um, uh, and, but we also have a thesis that we can help U.S. companies to move to Europe. So we also invest in later stage companies in the U.S. if they want to expand into Europe because we, we think we're the preferred partner to do that move. Uh, so up to that point, it's a relatively standard uh, way of doing a VC firm. Um, what makes you special is the data part, which is you also talked about this in your uh, keynote speech just now. Uh, but a lot of the things that you do at EQT Ventures is powered by something called mother brain. So can you briefly elaborate on that? 
Yeah, exactly. And I think this is the luxury of uh, us being a new fund, because, uh, of course, if you if you found uh, a new venture fund in the year 2018 or something like this, uh, you, of course, use a data-driven approach. Uh, and given my background, built, having built the analytics team at Spotify, uh, I'm, of course, extremely interested in that. So we have built uh, uh, our own uh, investment platform that is called Motherbrain, which is an uh, artificial intelligence-based uh, platform that helps us across all the different stages of uh, the investment cycle. Uh, so it helps us, for example, to, to find which of all the millions of companies out there that we should spend time on. Uh, and then uh, it makes us to spend the time on the right ones. And then once we have uh, identified the company we want to reach to, it also helps us to, to make the assessments faster and faster. Uh, and why is this AI? Uh, it's actually um, is AI for real because we, we have uh, evolved it to a platform which the people in the team use every day. So we record all the decisions that they do every day. And then that's the basis for for uh, our prediction models that is being used in the first place. So it's really a circle that goes around. Uh, so now, two and a half years in, we have a lot of data captured in there, and the models are becoming really, really good now. So it helps us in, in, in making investments, basically. You make it sound so easy, uh, but it must be extremely difficult to sort of, um, you know, the, the traditional way of doing VCs, replacing part of it with technology, uh, is a gigantic job. Um, so how far in do you reckon you are? Like, what point do you want to get to, and uh, when do you think you will get there? Yeah, you know, if you ask me, then we're just in the very beginning. Uh, but if you ask somewhere else, I think people would say that we've come quite far. We've invested heavily. We have 11 people that are working on this, uh, uh, like full-stack tech team from Google, Klarna, uh, Spotify, and things like that. Um, uh, but we, of course, have lots of ambitions, and we can really see the proof points now that this way of working is really, really working out. It's really helping us to reduce the time needed for, for um, doing analysis and also doing analysis in a, in a bad way that we did before. Now it's much better for us and it helps us to, to save time on, on that stuff and increase the time needed that we can spend on meeting companies instead. So, of course, we want to spend more, invest, or invest more time in, uh, into improving this, improving more of the decisions and also improving more of the help that we can give to companies once we have invested, our portfolio companies. There's a lot of things in our roadmap that we will develop going forward. Uh, you mentioned your background uh, before EQT. You were at Spotify doing um, the analytics department, which you set up and led. Um, what are some of the things you learned there that you can use now in your current role? Yeah, that a lot because um, first of all, when we when I got that assignment, that was 2010. That was when all this like big data uh, technology or, or was just born. And thanks to all the great uh, developers and the early, early employees of Spotify, they've already picked like Hadoop at the time at the, as the technology. And so we could actually store uh, every event at a very granular level. And then how do you build an, a, a data platform, an analytics platform on top of that? That was what we kind of founded. Uh, and that's not easy. And I see uh, many companies struggle with that today. How can they not spend or waste a lot of time uh, to just uh, look at the wrong things just because you can? And how do you make that really actionable? So the lots of learnings from that that I use for building Motherbrain, but also for to help the portfolio companies to get into that mindset. So it's not nowadays. It's not so much a tech question. It's much much more of a mindset kind of question. Sure. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so one of the things I always wonder with these these things when you use data more as a, a sort of a more decisive factor than most uh, investment firms is where does the human touch come in or, or is it going to disappear at some point? What about the gut feeling? What about the serendipity? What about the sort of the human quality of being able to vet people uh, a lot better than algorithms probably ever will? 
Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And um, um, one part of great investments is outlier investments, right? And uh, I think that will never go away because there will always be like a, a corner or like extreme cases, which is out of the complete norm that will pop up uh, that would be great investments. Uh, but for all the other investments, I think uh, uh, we can actually... Uh, uh, control this uh, this phenomenon, if you will, because we can direct our attention to companies that we uh, that we know are di- are dissimilar from the norm. Because actually, we can steer people away from just looking at the ones that pe- others are looking at, which would be like the typical first thing you do, and say, well, this company is actually really interesting, but it's outside of your like comfort zone of uh, in terms of like market segment or in terms of country or in terms of the traction is not so good, but it's an, an extremely interesting emerging sector. Um, so by doing this, uh, we can kind of control that phenomenon in a way that you could never do without the data. So it's a very interesting th- way to look at it, I think. But the human touch will, I think, never go away. So I think the human gut feel is, is what is the, the essence here. Uh, so I think we use Motherbrain to, like, to leverage that even more, to t- kind of exploit that human um, what do you say? Fingerspetsky feel to more places. <laughs> nice, nice little German word in there. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, so, does this work uh, particularly better in Europe, where you know there's lots of fragmentation, there's lots of different languages, cultures, where you sort of um, use data to get uh, get beyond that? That's very interesting, and that's also the uh, on the on the roadmap I would say because so far we are focused on the um, on, on like for example only English speaking data. So we've not yet built models to adapt to local languages, and of course there is a wealth I think of talent is being missed today uh, that we could probably find if we or tap into if we find um, if we modify that. Uh, that's an obvious thing. Um, Cool. Um, what can we expect from uh, EQT Ventures or Mother Brain, uh, let's say, in the next 12 months? Next 12 months, um, you know, I think we will get to this stage. I have a, a personal milestone or, of our own, which will be the next step of Mother Brain uh, short term within that year. Could be that we could make Mother Brain make the first uh, investment decision, not investment decision, sorry, the, the actual decision to invite people to talk to us without anyone in our team having looked at the company before. So that's going to be uh, incredibly interesting to do. It's amazing. When do you think you'll get there? Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Let's ask uh, ask the bosses. But I think uh, one year from now. Great. Well, looking forward to seeing seeing the results of that. It's an interesting approach for sure. And uh, best of luck with Equity Ventures in the future. Well, thank you. It's been great to meet you. Hey, hey, hey. So this is it for our today's podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed this special format. Please let me know what you think about it. Tweet at me or send an email to andri at tech.eu. Don't miss our new episodes. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app, including Spotify and SoundCloud. Just look for tech.eu podcast and you will find us. Please leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. This will help others find it and will mean the world for ourselves. Please tell everyone you know for whom it would be relevant about the podcast and follow our updates on Twitter at tech underscore EU, tweeting 24 hours a day and on Facebook. Enjoy the rest of your week and talk to you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.